You're listening to the Emerging Leaders Podcast, hosted by the Salem Area Chamber of Commerce. I'm a Salem boy, I'm just trying to make it. Salem boy. I'm a Salem boy. We gotta, we gotta make that video, Zach. You might have to. The Salem boy video. Do we skip the rap and just go straight to the like, grills? Yeah. Let's do and that. the tattoos, though, too. Maybe. Yeah, because I've been out of the rap game so long. They're trying to pull me back in, bro. I'm it's, not trying to go there. You're never out of the rap game. <laughs> yeah. You're always in it. Right before we're, you know, started recording this, you're, you're rapping over there. That's dropping true. some lyrics. I was. I was on a TikTok. I was like, I always find those beats. I'm like, man, I could probably do something good to this. And then I start writing. I was like, nah, this sucks. It's been, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. We're, we're all our own worst critics. We are. And, you know, NPR has actually been a, a little critical of Salem, an article they wrote. I'm not saying that they are personally critical of Salem, but there was an article with the headline, the best and worst places to live if you only care about money. And it came up the other day. Um, we were talking with our, our colleague, Emmanuel, and he asked me, like, what are some of the things that you, you really like about Salem? And I, I let him know I'm kind of a, I consider myself a recovering optimist because I really lived a lot of my life with these like rose colored glasses and thinking everything is great. But uh, recently I've kind of taken a step back and like trying to be more critical of things. And I think Salem, we have a lot of opportunities and things that we, uh, we really need to, to figure out, you know, how do we get better? And in this article, I actually referenced it because it refers to Salem as one of the five places with the lowest standard of living for college graduates. So it was Medford, Oregon, Provo, Utah, Olympia, Washington, Asheville, North Carolina, and good old Salem, Oregon. And I have a couple of friends that live outside of the city that love sending me articles whenever Salem is referenced in a negative light. So they were, they were quick to, to send me a screenshot and a link of this one. But so, Zach, I'm excited to talk to you, just digging in, in a little bit on, on first what this means and you know, why Salem ended up on this list. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I also, there was a uh, super analytical report and study that they they reference and kind of utilize to uh, to map out their you know their final analysis of these the best and worst places another thing i'd like to note is uh i don't know if it's the main title but one of the things said uh if you these are the best and worst places to live if you only care about money and that's that right there i think is really fascinating yeah but, super it's a super clickbait headline right it's yeah. like i think either way this probably gives you some sort of an emotional reaction because you either feel like it's important or it's not. So it definitely is a little, a little bit of a clickbaity headline, but it does kind of you know allude to you know what the study is all about as well. Absolutely, and it's it's interesting going through the actual report and the study and looking at all the metrics that they use to to map out you know what their final determination is. And I'm I also will note that Salem's actually not referenced once in the 91 page report. So I found that a little bit fascinating as well. They have lists of cities and they take into account the cost of living and they take in the, you know, the cost of living, they break that down to cost of groceries, clothes, gas, you know, house prices, everything. And when you, when you think about that, I mean, it, I, I would probably agree. I mean, the Salem housing market in and of itself is gone up tremendously. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, and, you know, I think one of the big parts about it too is there isn't a whole lot of current opportunity, if that makes sense, current opportunity. Yeah. If, you know, to, to come here with a college degree and go work for a massive Fortune 500 company that's going to pay you a bunch of money. And they allude to 
uh, it in the introduction, uh, both in the article and in the study, talking about how you look at places like New York and San Francisco, like there's so much, there's so much opportunity there. And if you have a college degree, you're going to have a step up and be able to go work for a, you know, a, a big company that can pay you well. Granted, the cost of living there is absolutely, it's astronomical, but it's all relative, right? Yeah, they even talk about in the, uh, in the study, and I think it mentions it a little bit in the article, but if you don't have a college degree, your standard of living changes drastically mm-hmm. depending on how expensive the city is to live. Um, if you live in places with a lower cost of a living, it's, you're not as impacted. Like it's, You're more in an even playing field regardless of your, your yep. education level, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, th- I found it interesting too how Medford was both on the list for worst place, one of the worst places to live with a college degree, and also one of the worst places to live with just a high school diploma. So that's that, interesting. That is, that is. Just don't live there, I guess. But Medford's a good night city. I've had some good times in Medford. Yeah. Well, the the study also goes into talking about you know with a, this quality of living too, as well as another aspect of it, and what are the opportunities to go out and do stuff with your kids. I mean, we have tons of parks, we've got stuff like that. But I mean, if you're a young family or, you know, you're just like a young couple or just a young individual, I mean, the opportunity to go out and actually experience and do fun things is pretty limited to the downtown bars, you know, into the bars in the the surrounding areas. So there isn't that much opportunity there as well in terms of like a fun quality of life. And, you know, you attribute that to, you know, if you have a college degree and you have an opportunity to go to a place like Seattle or Portland or, you know, a place like San Francisco or, you know, another kind of bigger metropolitan area like there's a lot of opportunity fun things to do so it's opportunities for jobs as well right to work for some of these bigger companies absolutely and something that we uh we hear as a constant benefit of living in salem is how close it is to Mm -hmm. things but Mm -hmm. it's it's generally not about what's in the city yeah now those of us that have lived here you know for 20 years like we definitely see the progress in our downtown area alone um but also I mean, if we're, if we're thinking critically about like, what is there for families to do? What is there for people 20s to 35s that are getting their career started? Like what's keeping them here in Salem? Yeah. I think we can look at a community and think about what, what can we do to, to do better in, the, in that space so we can provide some opportunities, especially with work from home being a thing, yeah. right? Like why, what can we do to attract people that are working from home from Google and Facebook to come to our community and really see the value of, of what we have available and provide, have things available that do provide value for them. Yeah. And if you're a young entrepreneur listening to this right now, I hope there's a, just a light bulb going off in your head and thinking about the market opportunity that you have here to create that atmosphere through, you know, some type of business model. And I don't know what necessarily what that looks like, but there's got to be somebody listening to this that a light's going off in their head. Salem needs this. And if it's your idea is true enough, I mean, there's going to be a high demand for, uh, to, to create an atmosphere or something fun and exciting for people here in Salem. Starting with like things to do after dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Like what do you, what do you do? You go to dinner uh, on a date and like, what are you going to do after that? Right. And we don't, we don't have a ton of options. We don't right have now. a ton of options. Yeah. Another thing I want to kind of uh, dig into uh, in re- in regards to the article uh, and the study, they talk a lot about commuting zones. And so they take a kind of a broader look of uh, our geographical area and the uh, commuting zone has, I looked it up because I didn't know what the definition was or the, the, the purpose of, you know, looking at things through this lens. And it talks about how a commuting zone is a way to kind of address a geographical area um, outside of county lines and city lines that have interconnected, um, uh, an interconnected economy. And I think if we look at that, it, 
you have to look at what is around us in, from an economic perspective. Marion County is the largest agricultural producing uh, county in the state of Oregon. And so what does that mean? It means we have a high, high uh, amount of farmland around us. And that economic kind of driver, it has value, but in terms of like the net value back into, you know, the Salem coffers through, you know, a tax base is going to look a lot different. So, you know, a lot of the producers here in, in our community, they're not, they're not necessarily producing goods that go directly to consumers here in Salem, but I mean, it's a, it's an international wide market for them. So I think there's a lot of things and I, I hope this is making sense. It's kind of making sense in my head. I'm following you. But I think if I'm following you, there'll be many people that are able to, I feel like I'm like on this sort of stuff. I'm on the like the far left side of the bell. <laughs> so I think if I'm following you, we, we should be good. Yeah. I'm just trying to like think about how from an economic perspective and breaking down like what is our economic market look like? We have, you know, highly dense uh, area for uh, government related uh, activity and economy here in, uh, in, in Salem. I mean, we have, I want to say that largest, uh, the largest employer in Salem is the state of Oregon. Okay. And then there's also a relation to that when you look at, you know, how much land does the state of Oregon, uh, Marion County is also their headquarter, they're headquartered here in Salem, the city of Salem, all of those government municipality buildings, like those are off the tax rolls. So that's less dollars that can go back into the community coffers to develop something special. In addition to that, we have a extremely high per capita amount of uh, nonprofits. And I think that's an incredible thing, personally. Um, a lot of people that are very uh, caring and, uh, you know, dedicate their lives to helping others. And a lot of the times what that creates is not a high demand from a, a, a salary perspective. So that's another thing. If you're a college educated person and you want to go make a bajillion dollars, Salem's most likely like not at all the place for you to go. But if you have a degree in say political science or, you know, you want to be a teacher, we have Willamette here, we have Corbin, uh, you know, Western Oregon is, I would would guess would be in our commuting zone, right? Um, we just have, we have a new uh, downtown facility too that uh, it's an extension uh, program from Western Oregon. We have Chemeketa. Um, our school district is generally ranked relatively high. Um, tons of nonprofits, but a lot of those things aren't going to generate a lot of, you know, personal wealth. And I think that's what we have to figure out is if we're in a place right now where people with college degrees are getting less for their money than they would in other cities, what are we doing to support an economy that's going to allow for the continuation mm -hmm. of these nonprofits? Because we need people with dollars in their pockets to be able to support, you know, the, yeah. the family building blocks, the YMCA's, the Liberty House, like all these incredible, incredible organizations. And, you know, right now I think we have some work to do. We have people le leaving the city because they can't find talent. Yeah. What are we doing to foster environments? What are we doing to nurture that talent, bring people mm -hmm. together? And help people understand how to develop the skills necessary to be successful in so many different industries. Because there are tools out there that will allow you to learn, allow you to get practice at very minimal to no cost. Yeah. But I think a lot of times there's a lack of understanding how to get access for, to some of these. Like right now, there's schools that are, are, have, uh, are available teaching people to code. There's no cost up front. Like they don't get paid until you get a job mm -hmm. over a certain amount of salary. And then they take a percentage and it's still, I think, like the one I looked at was like $25,000 total. But if you're looking at getting a job that's going to pay you 100K where you can still stay at home, work remotely, 
Like that's that's a pretty incredible investment, right? Especially Absolutely. considering you don't have to worry about loans, you don't have to worry about all of that um, is coming in the back end. So people are getting really innovative on, with the education process. But I think as a city, we can do a better job of helping people, helping lift people up, you know, as, yeah. as we're climbing. And fostering a, an atmosphere of entrepreneurship, if that's a word. It is. Yeah. There we go. Look at that. Learn something new every day. But we need to find where that balance is. And I think Mike White with OEN has done an incredible job of helping create that that incubator of, of ideas and information. It's one of the biggest, most daunting things of being an entrepreneur is like you're taking a huge risk and you're going to have to go and find, you know, angel investors and you have to come up with this idea and you might dedicate three, four, five years of your life to something that never takes off. And if we can continue to find individuals like a Mike White and, you know, for, you know, form a community of, of people that, you know, are excited about entrepreneurship. One of the things when I see this, this, uh, you know, this article when you sent it to me, the first thing that came to my mind was this, all this tells me is that there's tons of opportunity. There's tons of opportunity. Yeah. So I, um, speaking of, of people that we need to be supporting, um, I recently made a, a new friend, uh, Mateo Borrego. I hope I'm saying his last name correctly, but he's a college kid, lives in Salem. He goes to school at OSU. He's already started, he, he started a, uh, a detailing company. That's awesome. Where he has employees. Um, you know, he's, he's finding work for them. But people with that sort of a mentality that are already out there making things happen, taking risks, mm-hmm. thinking about how do I, you know, create a, a good living for, a situation for myself? Like, how do we find these people, bring them together? So, one, they can build with each other, mm-hmm. right? And I think, especially at that age, maybe maybe it's always, but there's this, like, <clears throat> competition versus cooperation. Mm-hmm. But just really helping people understand the value of coming together, even if you're the exact same industry. Yeah, absolutely. Right? We can have more than one auto detailing company in town, right? Well, I think a perfect example of that is what we've seen in the downtown Salem restaurant scene. I mean, I would say, I, I hope no one hears this and thinks like, oh, well, I was here before them. But I look at like Dino Venti and Conrad. Like Venti's brought a new kind of atmosphere to the restaurant scene in downtown Salem. And I've talked with a bunch of restauranteurs down in the, uh, the Salem area, in the downtown Salem area that have all said, you know, people like him, people like Topher from Taproot have been so incredible in helping forge this scene in downtown Salem. They've been so co- cooperative and like, I don't see you as my competition necessarily. The more that we can provide, you know, as I'm speaking from, you know, Dino's lens, yep. if, the more that I can provide in my expertise and get more amazing restaurants in downtown Salem, the more it's going to help me out because we're creating together this atmosphere of of excitement and and this economic driver. So I think you look you look at something like that, it's totally possible and you have that cooperation. I think one of the things that makes Salem special in my eyes is how kind of interconnected things are and how interconnected individuals are. You don't find that in the big cities as much as you do in a place like this. And I think that's an asset to growth. 100%. 100%. and the race high lifts all ships, right? Absolutely. I mean, we have to to find ways. How do we how do we build each other up? How do we find ways for people to connect? But then also be inclusive, right? People that maybe we're not seeing show up at our events, communities, maybe it's people that are living in certain sides of town. Um, we got to figure out how do we how do we make sure everybody feels invited and supported that are interested in doing this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think SeaTech is a great example. I mean, we are so fortunate to have something like that in our in our community where you have people from every high school attending, mm-hmm. learning how to really be ready to to grow and be an adult by the time they graduate and yeah. either stepping into a trade school or getting a job, you know, in their industry, like immediately after, 
which is just supporting our economy and supporting our employers. Um, it's just just a beautiful win having having things like that. But thinking about how do we recreate some of that same energy at at a smaller scale or whatever scale we're able to support. Yeah, and I think that's I mean that's kind of the million dollar question. I mean I think it's there, and it just takes you know kind of continued effort of people in various industries to continue to work together and collaborate. We had a meeting yesterday um, to talk about the future of Front Street, and it's so cool to have you know, a number of different competing, I put that in quotes, competing architects and commercial real estate agents in the room, uh, construction uh, company owners to talk about this. And they all see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, this stuff is possible, but it only comes with that kind of collaboration. So... Yeah, we had our um, emerging leader coffee social earlier this week, which was awesome. If you want to stay up to date on all emerging leader activities, make sure you sign up for our newsletter. We'll put it in the, the link in the show notes for you. Um, but one of the things that came up is finding ways to, um, we asked, how can we best support, you know, this community, the emerging leaders in our, in our, in our city. And one of the things that came up was bringing small networks together, right? People that are in the tech space already that are creating tech, not necessarily using it, but actually are, are in the industry of creating tech. Like, how do we find them and bring them together? People in the food industry, people that are, um, you know, in real estate or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. Like, how do we find ways to, to bring these communities together so we can all get better together. Absolutely. Another really interesting thing, if you're a young entrepreneur and you're, you know, maybe going through a couple of different ideas that you could have and you want to, you want to, you know, take off here in Salem, we have an interesting public policy meeting next month. It's the first Thursday of February, 7 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. on on Zoom. And we're going to be inviting uh, Seth Lenartz and uh, Annie Gorski from the city of Salem to uh, provide an overview of their economic development plan. And this is going to kind of go over potential grant opportunities for businesses. And it's really just trying to prosper or create this uh, uh, a rocket ship, essentially, in, in terms of economic um, uh, progress here in Salem. And a lot of it's going to be dedicated towards you know, entrepreneurs and new new business ventures and everything going on here in Salem. So I think that's a great place to go and listen and maybe something will trigger and you're like, oh, there's going to be a grand opportunity for X, Y, or Z thing down the road. I need to get into this now. We need to bring them on the podcast maybe Absolutely. before to help hype that up a little bit and figure out how we support that. Because those are the types of things that are out there. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of people in our city that just aren't aware, yeah. right? You're not in the right networks. You don't understand that this is something that's available mm-hmm. and um, how, it's, how potentially it's going to impact you, you know, negative or positively. Absolutely. And I think that's another big part of, you know, where we can, you know, the progress which we should, uh, you know, kind of look to achieve. And that's creating a, a more... Uh, inviting and a better, stronger, collaborative relationship uh, between the private market and uh, the public sector. And, you know, our city staff has done, I think, an incredible job of always being able to sit down and talk with people in the private sector saying, like, these are the areas that, you know, could could help us succeed more. And creating that collaborative relationship is going to be essential to Salem's future economic growth. Beautiful. I love it, man. I am uh, on the note of future growth. We are hosting our kickoff, the Emerging Leader Conference coming 2-2-22, Willamette Valley Vineyards. We're going to have a, a lot more information uh, coming very soon, but it's going to be an incredible day. Limited seating. The thing is going to sell out quick. I promise you that. We're going to make sure that everybody that shows up gets a ton of value and has, has a lot of fun meeting new people and getting connected. Um, but make sure you sign up for the, uh, the email newsletter um, to make that happen. Um, because you're not going to want to miss this. And people that are signed up for the newsletter are going to know about it first. Yeah, I absolutely. And I, I think it's another piece that we haven't really, you know, 
directly addressed, you know, talking about what is a collab- collaborative economic uh, community look like, big part of that's mentorship, right? And with that too, is when you find success and you hit on this earlier, is like, what's going to happen, you know, if we need a strong economy here in Salem to help support our, our nonprofits, you're going to learn about that at this summit. And I think that's so valuable. You know, I wish someone, you know, early on sat me down and talked to me about the importance of mentorship and the importance of philanthropy. You're going to get this from some of Salem's best mentors and talk about the importance of it and how to find a mentor and how to, you know, establish that relationship and, and keep it going. We're also going to learn about philanthropy. What does that mean? Right. And how, how do you do it? Is it always just signing a check? Is it volunteering? Is it sitting on a board? That's the place to learn about that. And you talk about being a leader. You look at the leaders that we have here in the community that, you know, people I look up to, for example, like they're all doing that stuff. And I think it's, you know, if I want to be someone like that one day, you got to learn. And this is a, a great place to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you all for tuning in to the Emerging Leader Podcast. If you are listening to this, you're enjoying it. We're asking you to share it with a friend. That's how we're going to grow. That's how we're going to make sure people in Salem are, are staying connected and we're able to highlight a lot of the incredible work that's happening in this city. And also leave us a review. If you're on Apple, if you're on Spotify, leave a review. It helps the algorithm to make sure people uh, are seeing that this podcast is out there and available. Um, We want to make sure this is is an incredible resource for the community brought to you by your Salem Area Chamber of Commerce. Appreciate y'all.